Nicola. Mm. You better not be yawning. You started. I feel so relaxed right now. Yes. That's what I like to hear, right? A guest that is not stressed about chatting. This music is really relaxing. Thank you. That is created by our producer, Justin Passamonte. He did that for us, and that is my favorite part of the show, no doubt. So hello, everybody. Feels like a hemp beat. Amen. You hear a strange voice. Today we have myself, we have Robert Pye, and our guest, who is jumping right in, which I love, is Christopher Cardwell. Christopher was brought to us by the lovely, wonderful Anna DeRosa, because that girl just networks her face off. And Chris and Anna actually just met face-to-face for the first time today. So that was very cool that she got him in. Uh, So Chris's nickname is Good News. At least I think we did. I don't don't know whether time we met, but I probably... Oh, Anna oh. remembers. I love it. Okay, okay, okay. Anna remembers. We just busted Chris for not remembering. Yes, he's in you trouble. Did. You definitely did. What was the concert? What was it, Chris? Don't you don't remember? <laughs> oh, Pretty yeah. Pretty Ricky BQK. I was, Where the, was, I was the, I was the photographer for the event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. John is my boy. We did meet there. Okay, yeah, I do remember. Yeah. So when you're working, Backstage. so I get it. So you were working because you're a photographer. When you're in work mode, you're in work mode, right? Yeah, like, I'm focused. <laughs> All right, so this I'm is a good focused. place to and start. And I apologize. I apologize. It is awesome, Chris. It is great. Trust me, that is that's the best. I love it because he'll get to razz us all later. Uh, so Chris's nickname is Good News. If anybody knows him, he is. Uh, from Rochester and Cleveland. We're going to get to that yeah. in a second. Uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff, but the cool thing about this episode is I believe this is episode 40 being published, if I'm not mistaken, and everybody knows that the 10, episode 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, we're all usually going to be little special ones for me, the little, little personal tone. Uh, and fortunately, Anna didn't even know that, but she got us a guest who's a professional photographer who has his own studio. Uh, ironically, over the downtown post office on Cumberland Street, Street, which is one of the buildings that I worked in for the post office for a long time. I'm sorry, a short time, I mean. Uh, in addition, uh, Bob Pye, my co-host, is my mentor in photography. He's the one who helped me set up my system back in the day when I was a kid. He gave me the first camera that I ruined on him oh, oh, so in a hiking ago. trip. That was a long time ago. And because uh, I started photography about 1989 or, or 88, is, I think is when I first started taking pictures, late 88. Uh, and 1888? Yes, that's funny, okay. Bob. Yeah, I am a grandfather, but I'm not that old. <laughs> oh. All right. So anyway, so that's, that's my personal take. So it's really cool that on this 40th episode that we get to really talk about photographer because, man, I could pull all my album. I just had three 20-gallon containers and one larger container, those plastic containers of all my photo albums I just put into a storage unit when I moved this weekend. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all my negatives and all my photos from 1989 to 2010. When did you start work? printing? 2010. Yeah, 2010. And then on digital, I was telling Chris earlier, I have about, I think I got about 12,000 photos on my Mac, and then I have another couple thousand on my on my other computer as well. So that's, that's where I'm at for inventory. It's a lot. Uh, you don't yeah. back them up? Yeah, I have a, I have a backup disk. Everything's backed that's up. That's what I was going to say. I have like yeah. 10 terabytes of photos. It's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so that's says so me the fortieth. But I'm just very glad to be talking photography. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Usually, I'm not that long winded, but I just no? had to get that out. Huh. 
Oh, I guess it's a different Brian. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, man. It was good. I love it. Good so background. I was a journalist. I, I wrote for the Palladium Times in Oswego when I was actually developing the film behind where I would write. So I would, I'd go in and roll the film on the wire roll and put in the developer and go through the stop and the fix. And then I'd be out writing the story while I was going through that. It was at night after an event. So I'd cover a Syracuse game. I'd be doing both at the same time. And then I'd go back and I'd print out all the pictures, uh, all the negatives and then they would scan them in the next morning. So they would, I wouldn't even know which one they would choose from the game. Oh, wow. They would scan them in. They'd do all the manipulation. I would just write the story. It's a lot of work doing all that. Yeah, and, and not that. to screw up because right. you had to have timers, right? So there's a certain amount of time was in each of those processes. I was lucky to get to coming in digital age. I always did want to learn a film, but just never got around I to it. I loved the green room. It was, uh, it was fun. Or the, the dark room. Dark room, yeah. yeah. You're good, yeah. I loved it. The, I would be in there for... Eight hours plus. I didn't never wanted to leave. I always wanted to uh, get another negative underneath there and just print, print, print. They actually gave that as a class when I was in high school, but I did not take it. I wish I would have oh. took it now. I'm an artist by trade, so I was, always was in art classes, but didn't do the photography. Wow. So what high school did you go to? I went to Gates here, mm -hmm. but when I graduated, I graduated from a school in Ohio called Revere, Revere High School out Excellent. of Richfield, Ohio. So. Cool. Yeah. Did, um, so I want to stay in photography subject before we go off on all the other tangents where you live and everything. Uh, but so you didn't have the taste of it. So Aronicway High School, I think, was the last one here in Rochester that had a dark room, and they're just gone now. The, oh, wow. I, like my when my son graduated there three years ago or four years two years ago, he graduated there. But I think it was his junior year that it was gone, and that was one of the last high schools. Yeah, it's that a dying art, definitely. So my favorite thing was, and you didn't have this experience, Chris, but you use these enlargers, right? It was like this, oh, this, yeah. right? So you'd put this negative in this housing and then a light would pass through it and it would put the image down on a, on whatever you had there. So the table, if it was just a table, but it was usually this white, white, like, uh, I don't know paper. what, uh, yeah, no, what, not the paper, but I'm talking about, it was like, a, it was just like, like a white ceramic base, right? And right. then you'd put a piece of paper. Light uh, projects under it. Yeah. So, so you yeah, focus exactly it, you focus about, the yeah. image right at the top. You, you would focus the image where the negative is. And then you'd see the image when it was clear, then you would turn it off. Then you pull out your paper and then you would set how long you would develop it for. Oh, so wow. you had to pick how many seconds it took. So if you took a picture that was a little underexposed or overexposed, you could manipulate it in the trays by how long you oh, kept it in the wow. trays, right? Um, first off, and then second off, you could change the the develop the the actual what would, the enlarger. What would we call that instrument? Yeah, that I, would, I think was it was an enlarger. Okay, so yeah. the enlarger that you would use, you can manipulate that as well. So, kind of what you can do with a digital camera now, you could do that between the SLRs we would use, and then the the fixed stop developer trays, and then the actual enlarger. That's right. where we could do all manipulation. So I, we would do cool things like uh, I would put on there like uh, a Mickey Mouse. I put on the actual ceramic base like a mickey mouse a shot glass like some salt and just some different different things that have different textures and then just have the enlarger have the paper under it and just have the enlarger turn on white light for like three seconds or five seconds oh, that's and cool. you would get these cool images of the objects actually on the paper wow that's the original photoshop yeah <laughs> the original photoshop absolutely so that i mean and then you know you would do things like uh uh, some of this is just coming back to me. It's amazing. So you'd piece of, put a piece of paper there and you didn't know how long the time to run the enlarger for. So you would actually like cover a third of it, cover half of it, cover three quarters of it. So you had four different lengths times that you were doing the exposure so you could help you measure uh, how long the exposure would be. So you're not wasting a full yeah, sheet your, of paper every time. Your test photo. The test, that's right. The wow. Test. 
all this is coming back to me. Maybe we should get back into it. I want to scan all my negatives. So this is pretty cool. Having That's one of my things is I have uh, someone in town who owns a company that has offered me his computer and a nice scanner to scan them all. But the thing for me that's overwhelming is to go through all my negative albums and then look at them all to, and then say, okay, one negative on this strip has to be, you know, and then marking them all and so you don't waste time. Like that's the task that's going to be. That's going to be a big task too. Yeah, you just know scan them all. Photos. No, because that's too. Because it's a lot. Once it's scanned, it's all digital. I know, but that's me. Put like, what if you got a sleeve of like five? Because usually you cut negative sleeves. You get them in like rolls of twenty four, thirty six. We used to. Right. Uh, so that, and then you would cut it down to like five or six. Right. And then put them into sleeves. So right. that that's why they're protected right. like forever. And so that's how I have them. So there's one strip. There might be five bad pictures. I want to look through, or there might be one good one. But you're like. Oh. So you have to decide how many really you got to scan because there's, you know, either, I probably have two or three rolls in a row where maybe there might be four pictures total yeah. I want to enlarge, you know. So it, that part should be tedious. You right. know, like a trip to Yellowstone. I would enlarge all those, right? I would scan all those. That's well, a no-brainer. You know, all the national parks. Or your a new trip. No, the first trip. when Our original trip when I had the, I think I took 30 But 30 think rolls. of the way how you took photos back then and compared to how you take photos now. It's so different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I love looking at those pictures because they're good memories. But seeing the quality of what I took back then to co compared to the quality of what I take now... It's would, a big difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's such clarity, such detail, such vibrance. Those pictures almost like they were taken back in the 70s. I mean, you, you look at them, they're, they're, they're almost grainy. They're, they're, That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, agree I, with that. I, I yeah, admit they had, they I had some, some great shots back then, but the the imagery, the the intensity of the picture, it just is not there like it is today. Technology has grown so much. That's right. a good point. That's valid because it's not that you didn't uh, stage the shot right or you didn't crop it right. You didn't you know frame it correctly when you took the shot because you've always been very good at that. You taught me that early right. on. So framing. what you need to do is go back to the park. This needs to be an excuse for you to uh, get back to Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was. I, got, I have Yellowstone digital shots from when I went with my son in 2015. Oh, right. Yeah, so so I do. I have. So I do have. Actually, that's funny. So I should scan in my Yellow, Yellowstone ones and compare them to my digital, uh, especially the overlap of Old Faithful in that area. That would be really cool. It's to an see interesting the comparison. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, all right. So Chris. How old are you, sir? I am 36 years old. Just 36. turned 36 in June. Awesome. So we have three kind of generations here. We got the 60-something the old guy here, wow. and, and I'm in my 40s, so and wrong. you're in your 30s, and then Anna here in her 20s. So, yeah, so we got the four generations. This is a perfect little mix of roundtable today. I like this. Mm -hmm. So um, tell me how you got into photography. Oh, man, it's, it's kind of a... It's kind of a long story. Um, when I was in Ohio, uh, me and my frat brothers, when I graduated college, we started a business called Frontwork Entertainment in Ohio. And we had models, um, music artists for our company. And the photographer that we had at the time, we kind of had to stop using him because he was being unprofessional with our models. So at a couple of different shoots, I played around with it, like played around with the camera, taking a couple of pictures. I didn't know lighting or anything like that. I just had like good angles. Like I knew I liked to get on the ground, take the picture from that angle and try different things. So... Um, what we ended up doing was because we didn't have money to hire another photographer, um, we just got a camera and I started becoming the photographer for the company at that time. This was in 2007. And um, when I ended up having to move to Rochester in 2009, um, I was trying to find a job in, my, in what my degree is and I have a degree in psychology. So I was trying to find something that I wanted to do that I would like. And I couldn't find anything for substitute teaching. 
um, the lists were really long to actually get into the, the city school. So um, that wasn't an option at the time. So I started seeing, I wanted to see, well, what could I actually do with photography? So I started taking it seriously, um, really learning the craft, reading as many books as I could, watching as many YouTube tutorials as I could, watching behind the scenes of photographers that I admire, like Jill Greensburg, Dave Hill, Dean Bradshaw, um, it's the Chad Grimes. There's a lot of photographers that I like. So I would just Google their behind the scenes videos, see where they're placing the lights, how they're doing things, how they're interacting with their clients. And then um, I kind of just started like mimicking that, those, some of those things and then putting my own little flavor to it. And then um, I'm a big believer in the secret. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the secret at all. Uh, if you're not, isn't that a book? It is a book. I'm not a big reader. I'm not going to lie, but you can watch it on Netflix for free. But my dad put me onto The Secret in 2008. And that's kind of the reason why my name is Good News already, too, because I'm just a positive person. I've always speak positivity. I was hoping that was the source of your nickname. Anytime I hear yeah. Good News, that either means you're either walking in the room positive or you're only going to tell good stories. That's so right. the, the reason that there's a K in um, the name Good News is because I'm part of a fraternity, and my fraternity is called Cap Alpha Psi, Fraternity Incorporated. Our colors are red and white, blah, 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 blah. So uh, one of my frat brothers, as a joke, um, this is back in like 2006, um, since I, like I said, I always speak positivity and stuff. He, When I would come around, he'd say, oh, here comes Good Brother Good News. Here comes Good Brother Good News. And then when he used to say it around people, people started thinking it was my name. So then it just caught on, and people just started calling me Good News or calling me News and... And it just, one of those things that just stuck. So you knew it was meant to be. So are you one of those guys that has always been kind of in different circles? So you always have the news too, like socially, like, like you're, like um, you, you see things or hear things. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that. I've always been a, a diverse person to be able to, to bounce from different groups, have different set of friends and stuff like that. Even in college, I always was like, even though I, a part of a certain fraternity, I would have friends in other fraternities and people that weren't in fraternities, of course, to have a, uh, a broad network. So um, I guess, yeah, in a sense, I never thought about that. But yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, because you're a photographer and I know I know you're a writer as well. So, so it just kind of yes. makes sense. Uh, and, and then when you got in photography, how long did it take you to, to move from like the, uh, just doing it as a career where you're doing it like to make money, like to, um, to pay your bills. It, it did take some time. It did take some time. I mean, photography isn't one of those things where it's just like a, you're not really an overnight success. <laughs> I put in a lot of footwork. Um, when I came to Rochester in 2009, like I said, I, even though I had friends and people that knew me, um, I would take my business cards, walk door, park on a street like Thurston or something, walk door to door to each barbershop, hair salon, handing out my cards, had my iPad, show people the examples of what I can do. Um, just being in supermarkets, seeing somebody with it, with a child, sparking a quick conversation, letting them know I do photography, passing them a card. Uh, one of my mentors said, if you don't, if you don't have cards, you're not in business. So I always would carry business cards on me to make sure that I could promote myself, market myself. And, um, you think that still holds true now? Um, yes and no. Um, I think it's good to have them still because you never know who you, you never know who you're going to meet. And some people do appreciate that. Like the, like older people, they do appreciate that. So it all depends on who you're talking to. If I'm talking to somebody that's younger, all I'm going to do is whip out my Instagram. Like, yo, this is me, you know, follow me. If I'm talking to somebody that's, a, that's a CEO of a corporation that I'm trying to do a commercial shoot for, I'm going to hand them my business card, you know? So it's just two different dynamics. And it's like, you just got to know when to use which one. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, 
I know I was always insecure in the beginning as a photographer, especially going to weddings, right? Like mm-hmm. that first wedding that I was like, and I had, I had someone that I was doing the wedding with. So I worked with a woman, Sue Kranz, and her dad was like one of the best photographers in the, around the Syracuse area. Mm-hmm. And he did all the Oswego spe- Speedway race racing pictures for nice. decades, right? So you know how photographers in that small right, town right, environment right. are, right? Like every wedding person went to him. Exactly. So his daughter took me under her wing there while I was working for the Palladium Times and I went to college there. So she's like, Brian, I need another shooter for weddings. You gotta, you gotta shoot. And I'll tell you what, the first couple, I crap my pants because you don't have that instant digital like look and say, oh, I got the good shot. Yeah, you, you didn't have You're, thing, you're right? hoping, like you hoping your lighting's right, you're hoping everything. So at the end of the day, when Sue called me that Monday or Tuesday after she developed all the negatives, Brian did a great job. I was always crapping my pants. Like but that's good that when you we can get that call, that feeling of oh, I did a good job. That's the best feeling, right? Amen. You know. So so tell me a little bit. How you know? Did it take a lot? Were you insecure at first? Um, I think every any artist is going to be a little insecure about their work until they get some some validation. Um, of and course. what was it for you? Was there a moment? Um, hmm. That's a good question. I never thought about that. I think. As a as just being a photographer and a young photographer coming up, like when I first started, I would just tell people do shoots for free, and they'd be like, "Okay, just just tell somebody that you paid me a couple of dollars for to try to to build that reputation." As and as that started happening, I noticed more people would start calling me, and I would start getting more calls. So I guess um, I finally got that validation when I could actually say, "Okay, I pay all my bills doing this." You know, you know what I'm saying. This is actually how I live. And um, that's I've been doing that since two thousand and about twelve, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. I was working at Sutherland. That was the last job I worked before I started doing photography full time. So you're about seven years in now. Mm-hmm. That that's good. That's and being a small business owner, do you enjoy it? Um, I do. I mean, I mean, I enjoy it because I enjoy doing photography. Um, of course, I don't enjoy doing all the business stuff because even even being a photographer, that you have to still do the business side, which is your taxes and, and stuff like that. So, of course, that stuff I don't enjoy, but it's needed, and you have to do it being in, being in a business. But photography wise, I mean, doing something that I love, you never work a day in your life. You know what I'm saying? So, hundred yeah, percent, I love doing it. I so, love I love I love making people happy. That's that's I think one of the biggest things with photography, just seeing when I'm able to create for people and then seeing how they, they enjoy it, that really makes me happy. What was your first camera? I had a, so, well, the first camera I ever showed on, shot on was a Kodak point and shoot. Like one of those ones you just turn on and then go zoop, zoop. <laughs> it was one of those. And then I went from that, um, taking pictures with that to my dad had a Sony Alpha A100. This was back in 2000. 2006 that's he probably brought a brand new around that time and i used to sneak and use the use his camera <laughs> and my, my dad was one of those type of people where he'd buy new things and just because he thinks it's cool but never would use it uh-huh. so i used to sneak and use it and then put it back and he never would know and then um because at the time there's a whole story why I actually why i'm actually here in rochester at the time i was working for his business so i was kind of like i was working for him but doing photography as my hobby so he always used to tell me, you need to focus on the business. Don't do photography, da 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 But it ended up working out. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but um, And his business is in Ohio, right? 
Uh, he's from. He is, is that where he is? Or yes, okay. I guess I can. I guess I might as well just anything, give you the yeah, quick spiel yeah, about what um, actually happened. My dad is a very successful entrepreneur. Uh-huh. Um, he's been a successful entrepreneur my whole life. That's why I have an entrepreneur spirit as well. Um, the company that he had at the time, because um, he's owned many companies and my dad's made millions of dollars um, throughout the years. The company was called Stem Cell Authority Limited. We dealt with the storage and banking of cord blood stem cells. So when a baby is born. Uh, we su- so used to supply the kits in storage facilities for the patients, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. my dad awesome. was doing, my dad got into the business after my little brother, uh, which is, my little brother's 18 now. So when he was born, they went to, they went and used like STEM bank or like whatever uh, banking facility they used at the time. My dad said, oh, I think I could do this better. Started a business. So when I graduated, when I was graduating from college wow. in 2006, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I don't have a job. I mean, I got my degree, but I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, um, why don't you come back and work for the company? Which I wanted to do anyway. But he was like, why don't you come come work for the company? We'll find a place for you, and you can do that. I said, okay, great. So I came back. Um, he started me in patient programs. I became the vice president of patient programs, of course, because I'm the CEO of the Sun. I just was able to work my way up extremely fast, which mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't like at the time. Yeah. But um, that happened. And um, I was making seventy five thousand a year at the time, actually. And my dad took the company public through reverse merger. And um, after that happened, a lot of greed started to be started to happen within the company. Um, they tried to vote my dad out of the company. By the time he figured out what was happening, basically the company was starting to go under. I lost my paycheck. I lost a brand new car. I got repossessed in front of all my friends. Came, got into a situation where I had to move back with my father because we were trying. I was trying to help him secure funding to keep the company afloat, which never actually happened. So mm-hmm. um, in 2009, July 2009, I called my mom like, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of rough out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't, as like, it got really rough. Yeah, um, and my mom was time. like, yo, I'm going to buy you a plane. I'm going to buy you a train ticket to Rochester. Come out here for a couple of days and then you can go back and finish up in your dad. So uh, I brought four outfits in my camera with me. After those four days were up, I called my dad like, yo, you ready for me to come home and get back to work? He's like, well, I know you're eating every day out there at least. Why don't you just stay out there for a while um, with your mom and um, until I figure this out. So I'm like, okay, cool. So after about a month when I figured, okay, I'm probably not going back to Ohio right now. Um, and I'm not the type of person, I'm not going to live off my mom. So I started, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do for work. Um, during that time I had my camera, I had my, that's my dad ended up giving me the camera, the alpha. That you were stealing, yeah. Exactly. He ended up <laughs> actually giving me the camera because he seen during the, that transitional time, I was taking photography seriously. And, um, he kind of ate his words and was like, son, I see you taking photography seriously. I want to give you this camera, blah, 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 blah. So, um, and my dad's extremely supportive. I don't want to act, I don't want to paint the picture that he's not supportive dad i love my dad we have a very close relationship that was just he wanted me to just focus on the business at yeah the time. of course it's just normal so, stuff yeah um brought that sony camera with me and then i was like okay i'm about to see what i can do started getting on model mayhem really started um like i said learning the craft buying all types of scott kelby books and um just like i said watching youtube tutorials watching behind the scenes to youtube videos getting inspired trying different things and um a photographer told me one time, he said, the more you shoot, the more you learn. So constantly shooting every day. So then I had a job at uh, Sutherland. Um, this was 2011. And um, I was marketing myself while I was working at Sutherland. I was in the AT&T program. So I would bring my portfolio to work every day, show people at work. And uh, I would bring my camera to work, 
Yeah, a lot of mess, people work there. It's the right. Best, the mess around with the camera functions and, and my cubicle and stuff like that. Just learning my camera. Uh, I took a picture of the city. I donated it to Sutherland. I got a printed real big frame, donated it to Sutherland, and they hung it up in the hallways. As far as I know, it's still hanging out there. It's the one on Jefferson Road. So by doing all those things, a lot of people started hitting me up to do photography. But I never had time to do it because I was always at Sutherland because they work you pretty hard. So my program ended ended up becoming up at in um, H and R Block because I was doing like a little tax program at Sutherland. And um, I told my mom, I said, "Yo, I got rehired back into Sutherland, but a lot of people are hitting me up to do photography, and I, this is really what I want to do." She was like, "Well, you can always go back to Sutherland. Why don't you see what you can do with photography?" And I said, "Okay." And with her support, and that was like I said, 2011 with her support, I just. To, I just started doing photography full time, and that's kind of how it happened. I used Sutherland as a tool to get more um, equipment as I, I was going mm-hmm. on. So by the time I stopped working at Sutherland, I had I was able to acquire some flashes and stuff like that. So I was already getting my getting my equipment together. Um, so it just kind of worked out. And like I said, I worked with the secret a lot. Like I said, I kind of started talking about it. Um, if you guys got Netflix at home, I suggest checking it out. It's something I totally believe in. It's, it's a very simple concept. Um, it's just about when you live a positive life, you think positive, how you can attract positive things to you, but it gives you ways to actually use it. And, um, but it's not just using it. Of course, you have to put the work behind it too, but but by doing, putting the work behind it, um, meditating, visualizing your success, believing in it, um, and working hard, you attract the things that you need to make your dreams happen. And literally that's what I've done these past 10 years and I can definitely tell you it works. It's great to hear the story that both of your parents really were were integral in you getting to this chapter of your life. Oh, yeah, Which definitely. is really cool. I mean, you know, it wasn't like a fight or, you know, so many other people have different stories, but that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely blessed in that um, in that sense. So, so Bob, what was your first camera that you bought? Well, my first camera, it was, you know, I got rid of it and uh, I didn't stay keep it that long. So I probably, the one that is more familiar was probably the Canon AE-1. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that was my first camera too. Which, Canon man. Do you still shoot with Canon to this day? No. Okay. What do you shoot with now? Uh, I Now I'm using a, a Nikon. Okay. Nikon 7000. That's, nice, that's a nice camera. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to upgrade. Yeah, it's a nice camera. <laughs> what do you want to get next? I don't know. You know, they keep coming out with a new technology, and every time I go onto their website, they say, this is the up-and-coming Nikon. <laughs> so I'm looking at it, and I'm drooling over it, and then I'm saying, all right, um, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it, and then I go back on there, and they say, this hey, is something new. this is the right. new one. I'm like, oh. But that D7000 is a great camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great camera, especially in low light. It's very, it's very yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. good. But again, with the low light lighting, the new cameras, Are, they, yeah. they can push it, it even further. <laughs> So you don't have to use thirty six hundred speed film and then push your push it in your camera and try and get it. <laughs> but that was fun. That was fun to it do. Was it was awesome. That way. Yeah, it was. You know, a, I think it's coming back. Actually, though, I have a. There's a couple young photographers in Rochester um, that are doing very well for themselves, and um, they use film. Some of them use film, and it's it's just a style of work now. It's that's not, right. It's, yeah, it's, it's the creative just, part. Right? Yeah, it's a stylistic work. Right. Now. It's probably and it's, more and I think artistic. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only have a D fifty one hundred. That's what I. That's what I've been shooting with. 
So um, Nikon, I went to Nikon as well. Um, I'm but, a Canon man personally. You are. That's, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you. So did you? Are you buying all Canons? Do you have all the same line of all um, equipment? I have the. I, I'm a, a big 5D guy, so um, I've had the the 5D Mark II. I have the Mark III right now that I work off of, and I'm looking to get the Mark IV. Um, but I think I might. I think I might switch to not switch because I'm going to stay. I'm going to. I think I'm going to keep Canon. I just love how the Canon operates, and I'm so used to it. But I think I'm going to get Sony. We um while um uh, guys was telling you about the movie that I've been working on, we've been shooting the movie with Sony cameras, A7s, um, A7Rs, and I really like it a lot. I've been able to spend a lot of time with that camera and work with it this past year since we've been shooting the movie. So I think I might jump into uh, back into Sony, especially me. The first serious camera I had was a Sony. I feel like that's kind of where my roots are a little bit. That's, I'm glad you said that because I was curious if you did do any video with your cameras or if you do strictly stills. Um, I do do videos, but the thing with me is um, I don't really do it that much. Well, now, like I said, oh, I'm sorry. Like I said, with the movie, I, I still had ca camera operators and stuff like that, um, even though I did operate the camera on, on set plenty of times. But... I don't enjoy doing music videos and, and stuff like that. So if people really want music videos or anything like that, I try to refer them to my friends that I know that do that. You know, I love it's so much with photography that I feel like that keeps me busy. Yeah. And I and that's really what I love to do. If somebody likes simple video, like I work for the city of Rochester, if they need like a simple clip, I can record that. I just give it to them. Can they just edit it and do what they need to do with it? But um, besides that, I really don't dibble in that one. So my brother is amazing with the video though. So he, he kills it. Cool. It's that, in the family. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, creativity. We're a family of creatives. I got lucky. Are you guys uh, all old souls? You think? Um, I think so. In, in a, in a, um, because I definitely feel like I am with 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 how I am and how I treat people, and I'm a very um, like my I live off a lot of sayings. Like my grandmother raised my dad off a lot of sayings, so he kind of my dad is a lot older too. My dad is 78, so he raised me on a lot of sayings like. Um, you know, think positive things and treat people how you want to be treated and uh, never your business tell your friends no because one day your friends may be a foe and the whole world, your business, they won't know. Like, you know, just like simple simple things that'll, that that kind of keep you in line at certain times. So, yeah, I think I am an old soul in that sense. And, and all my brothers and sisters kind of have that with the exception of um, my little brother on my dad, on my mom's side, but he's still kind of an old soul himself too, and himself too, even though he wasn't around that part of it. So, how many siblings do you have? Um, I have a lot. I have on um, my dad's side, it's five of us. On my mom's side, it's me and my little brother, and then I have stepbrothers and sisters that have been in my life like my whole life since I was like young kid. On my mom's side, and I consider them my, my blood brothers and sisters. Um, and with them, it's like eight of them. So it's a pretty big family. That's incredible. Who needs who needs friends when you got a family? Hey, man, that's the truth, man. It's a lot of support. <laughs> and that's what I was going to ask next. Any of your family help you with the business? Um, always promoting me. Um, I think anybody. Uh, I think when you're doing the right thing, you know, um, and showing real effort to what you're going to do, anybody in your, you know, what I'm saying your in their, your family and in their, in their right right mind is going to support you. Um, so I just really worked really hard at, at the craft, and um, I didn't really—I don't want to say I, like I asked for the support, but it just was given because I think they seen how hard I was working. They wanted to to add to that, and you know, be a part of that. And um, I have a loving family too, so it's like 
it, it just like yeah we all support each other you know so mm-hmm. even though they support me and my photography I support my mom with her daycare and whatever else she needs doing because she's a, a writer as well and writes plays and my little brother he's uh, he does finance and but if he did like through college and anything he ever needed I made sure to mentor him he's also a member of my fraternity too so when he was becoming a member I had to make sure I helped him and what stuff, was the fraternity so. again? Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated so um, yeah we're just built like that so psychology where did you get your psychology degree? Uh, Hampton University. It's mm-hmm. a, a school in Virginia, um, right off the water. They call it the home by the sea. Yeah, they had a good basketball team a couple of years ago. Yeah, they did. We went to the uh, Sweet 16 um, as an HBCU, which, which was pretty cool for our campus. I play basketball as well. I was like one of those kids where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go to Hampton and walk on. It just didn't happen because the team was really good. Yeah, you didn't expect it to be <laughs> yeah, that good because you team, didn't hear about them. Yeah, the team was really good. And... Um, I became good friends with a lot of the members on the team as well, too, um, just through playing basketball in intramurals. But going to that that school, since it is HBCU, our intramurals was like a basketball season. Like, everybody played basketball in, at their high school, so it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best when you're on a campus that's really competitive like that. Right, man. Uh, what area of focus psychology, did, I mean, your degree? Because there's a whole um, different ways you can of go. Of course, with, with any psychology degree, you have to go back to get your master's and your PhD to actually do anything with it but um, I was thinking I was going to go into early childhood developmental psychology um, just because of my upbringing and things that happened with me as a child I just thought that would have fit really good nothing bad ever happened with me but um, I just felt like I could help there I'm always a, I'm a big person in, in helping I love to help people so I think I thought I, felt I could have did well with that mm-hmm. you enjoy a mentor role then right right like I always uh, with photography since 2000 and since about 2010 I've mentored kids in high school almost every year um like they'll come and do their serum project with me and stuff like that um so and i think i think it's good to do that to give back to the community you have to do that you know um you got to set yourself up for your blessing you got to be a blessing to receive a blessing i'm a big believer in that so mm-hmm. it's like got to give back so you mentioned earlier that you work for the city of rochester mm-hmm. so you had what's your clientele base it sounds like maybe there's some commercial and some some you know, individuals um, it's very um very broad um i work from families um to schools to companies to commercial campaigns to modeling portfolios to uh products product shoots um i've done landscape photography city grill i shot their rat card uh, all their stuff for um their organization wall street i shot their uh their um their menu their food menu so i shoot food as well um anything that that has to deal with creating and with in photography i i I try to test it out car photography i've done that as well um so i have celebrity clientele as well so um i dibbled and dabbled in a little bit of everything i just love creating see what i can create with light seeing if i can do it you know just it whatever it is i try to do it what would you say your style is Hmm, that's a good question because since I do so many things, it's hard to like pinpoint a style. Um, if I had to say my favorite thing to shoot, I love shooting fashion. Um, fashion is one of my favorite things to actually shoot. But um, I would say my style is very clean. Um, I love colors, um, clean, vibrant, um, sharp, um, and creative. I try to I try to do give different perspectives, different angles, stuff like that. So. 
I like the backgrounds you use. Uh, we're glancing at your website here while we're chatting. Okay, with yeah, I have to. I, I apologize. I have to update my website. My website is like six, seven years old. I have to put some new work. That's on because there, you're, so. you're. That's because you're busy. Because I'm busy you're create, making money and creating new stuff. And you don't right? understand how hard. Well, you do not understand how hard it is to go through photos because you have to go through the photos Absolutely. yourself. But to to actually sit down and go through photos to organize to put on your website, I'm like, dang, I don't even know what to put sometimes so mm-hmm. but i have a big shout out to joel vickers he's helped me with my new website i have a list of things i need to get together to get to him so i've been saying it for the past year i'm gonna get it to him <laughs> <laughs> i love it so well here we're, we're helping you motivate you to remember right. to do it now right because it is you get overwhelmed yeah you do who's some uh because you know how some people are who's some of your favorite celebrities you've worked with um uh, machine gun kelly has to be the favorite person my most favorite person i've worked with so far just because he gave him an amazing vibe um i actually got to hang out with him two days in a row i shot with him one day the next day um he came to the studio where I, we actually did the photo shoot at it's a studio in cleveland called the buckley house uh, big shout out to the buckley house um my cousin actually owns the studio and runs it and um i was actually going out there to, sh- to do a shoot with kyrie irvin and the shoot actually not did not end up going through. And I talked to my cousin, which MGK was going to the Buckley House to record at the time. I said, yo, do you think you could get me a photo shoot with MGK? And he said, uh, well, his manager is one of my best friends. Let me give him a call. I said, okay, cool. So um, he hit his manager up. Um, they looked over my work. And they said, yo, I think that'd be dope. Like, I like I like your work. Let's work. So he ended up coming to the studio, had a haircut, fully styled himself and everything. And we shot some pretty cool stuff. And um, yeah, I, I got the pictures printed. I sent it to him so he can have them. As far as I know, they're hanging up in his house, I believe. And um, yeah, he was just a super humble, cool dude. Like really cool. I love meeting celebrities that are just like everyday people, right? I mean, that's, oh, yeah, what, that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Like, there's nothing different. Because when you meet some that aren't like that, it, it really spoils your your outlook on them. It's like, wow, I didn't think they'd be like that. Yeah, you don't want to, and you don't want to look at them differently when they're being creators, right? Because right. at the end of the day, you want to enjoy that music or that exactly. whatever it is they're creating. I've been spoiled by a couple, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be spoiled every once in a while. Oh, I don't mean spoiled in a good way. I, I mean, sp- yeah, yeah, spoiled I my attitude towards them as in, um, don't have a good attitude towards them, but that's okay. And you're, and you're <laughs> a positive guy. So if to say that really means that you had to see something, yeah, it was, you know, but it's okay though, you know? Yeah. That's life. That's cool. So, all right. So a little mentorship now, Bob, you can help with this one too. Both of you. I cannot get a good picture of the moon. Okay. <laughs> I've been a photographer since the age of 17, 18, I'm 47. And I still can tell you right now, I couldn't explain to someone else how to take a proper picture of the moon, like a full moon. I am horrible. Can someone help me please? YouTube. Man, I, I, I have I, you too. First of all, I think it's more has to do with the lens that you're using too, because it's like you might look at the moon and it looks really big, and then you look through your camera and it looks really small, and you're like, that's not good, <laughs> and you kind of got to get as close as possible. So I think the first thing is, is maybe switch the lens you might be using to try to get the. Because I have a range of a you know a, what is it a. Th- 35 to 3 280 I think is the lens I have so you know it's a yeah I have a, a 7200 is the, is the biggest zoom I have but so I have 7200 you got 7200 oh you lucky dog <laughs> that's just below a telephoto right I got my equipment in the car I'll show you guys before I leave oh yeah I love so there's a suggestion get a straight telephoto lens 
Yeah, but I just want one moonshot when I'm driving home and I want to stop off the road. Well, if that's Even if I got the tripod on me, like, you need iPhone, the equipment, right? I know. No, the iPhone still blurs it out. Like, <laughs> I'm just joking. You guys, I know. I know you're right because that's what, that's what everybody needs. But my point is, like, I was coming uh, to my house here on, on Paul Road and I'm coming down the hill from the expressway and the moon was huge. It was red. Like, I wanted to pull over right then. I mean, it was like half what the were sky. You using to. Your camera? No, I didn't take a picture that night, oh. but I wanted to. This happened oh. a couple weeks ago when it was the big red moon, and I wanted to pull over and be like, this is, like, huge. Like, how can I not get a picture? But So I took a picture of my iPhone, and it was, Still not that it was bad. blurred, but it just doesn't have the crispness mm-hmm. of seeing the ridge lines on the moon, you know, when you can't, right. it's that big, you know? Uh, that, I can't, I cannot perfect it. Tripod? Yeah, have it. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, not an overly long exposure. Because once you're taking a picture of that, it's going to start moving and it's going to get a little blurred effect. And get that telephoto lens. I know you don't want to invest it, but if you want that picture of the moon, rent it. Oh, I know. Or borrow friends. Borrow <laughs> friends. It. Yeah. All right. Well, next time uh, I'm, I can situate That's a myself. challenge right there. I'm no, going right. to go out and try to shoot a moonshot. Now, I'm ne- actually, I've never tried. So now I'm going to try. Awesome. Have you done I'm night, accepting the challenge. night sky? Yeah. Yeah. Stars tried the night, yep. I've tried the night sky setting on there. And it's, Setting, yeah, yeah, and then I've tried to manipulate my camera to Gotta go manual, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I know. I mean, I've got it down to thirty, and you know, I've had the tripod. I'll get, open it up for half a second. I've done all different settings, but I just can't get that crispness. You have to, you have to go to a place where it's com- there's no street lights around or anything. That's I think that's the biggest thing. Light, yeah, light is gonna affect everything. I agree. Yeah, so. all good points. I like it. All right, so thanks for your mentoring. So next week we'll see a good moon picture. No, it's going to take me <laughs> at least months because it's got to be a full moon. I'm going to actually go out there and try. I can't I wait. Can That's Because obviously sunset, sunrise is like, mm-hmm. man, those are, you know. I can't get up that early, though. <laughs> I've tried, man. Yeah. I hate sunrise shoots. Oh, really? It's not, it's not that, I, I mean, when you get up, you're finally up. Oh, yeah, it's nice. But get the getting up process, <laughs> I'm just not a morning person. See, once I'm on vacation, once I'm camping, I, I want to get out of the tent and start shooting right away. Mm. You know, people are still sleeping, and I'm I'm already S- surveilling the scene. Yeah, what yeah, you can yeah. Shoot. And they're like, "Where's Bob?" I'm I, I'm with my tripod. I'm like, "Oh!" It, it, <laughs> so I'm like having a multiple organisms, you know, taking these sh- shots out there. <laughs> That's how Bob was, though. We we so Bob and I took a we said it before a two week trip to Yellowstone and back and hit right. all the national parks that in between. And that's what it was. Every morning, it would be him and I getting up as early as possible, and I would usually go on a run and usually would carry my camera like get a bag on my run, or I would just go a different way, and him and I, like the first hour, we knew. It was just a thing. We knew we were going out to explore to take photos. Then we came back, breakfast, figured out what we were doing for the day, but we knew. We didn't have to talk about it. It was just that morning light. And then the evening light, we always knew that evening we had to be around a good spot, so we always would get back to our campsite probably a little later than we wanted to because you don't want to miss that. Right. Dusk light. Right. Dinner was always way too late sometimes. It was. <laughs> but you know, Chris, right? You got to hit a way hey, to right. You got to, man. Get that golden hour in. Yeah. Like like people don't realize, you schedule shoot with people, right? How many mm-hmm. times have you scheduled shoot thinking about the lighting where you're going to be, everything else, and then the people you schedule with are late, right? It happens. This is life, man. It's going to happen. Especially no. when you're not dealing with professionals, man. It's like... But it does, is it frustrating when you put the effort into trying to think about that, and then yes, they, they use an artificial light, it right? Is. It Instead of... Def- Definitely you know, is, but yeah. man, as a photographer, you just we just got to work around it. You know, I've, I feel like I've had so many of those situations that I'm just like, you know, I'm just figure it out. <laughs> or you just tell them to come early, and then you know they come. 
They'll come around at the time that you need them to. That's exactly, that's the trick. So (laughs) you deal with a lot of people. That's probably why I don't deal with a lot of people, because I don't have the patience for that. And I deal with a lot of black people, so we're on this thing called CP time. I heard about this. (laughs) It gets bad sometimes. Wait, what's CP time? What's this? It's CP time is basically... Black people are late to a lot of things, so it's just yeah. explain like that. I, I work with a lot of girls, and she's she's like, "I'm not late. I'm on CP time." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, I've never heard that before. That is so funny. Yeah, but yeah, just so everybody knows, Chris here was in the studio before me and Bob today, so he was the first one in the studio today. So right. Chris is not on CP time. Yeah, if you were looking to, I was on for that. I was on time. He's I've been, on business time. When, I, when I'm going somewhere and I don't know exactly where I'm going, I always try to go a little bit early um, just to make sure that I am on time. <laughs> so, yeah, because I don't want to, yeah, I just want to make sure I'm, have things run smoothly. For those of you who are young, and I know I have those young millennials out there listening to this, man, that's a very valid point. You always want to make sure you're ahead of the game, not trailing oh, the game. Man, they they uh they basically drilled that to us in college. They they would say to be on time is to be early, to be early is to be on time, and to be on time. No, and to be late is unacceptable. So that was a little thing. To be early is to be on time, to be on time is to be late, and to be late is unacceptable. I love his little... He's That's got, all kind of a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you remember him like it. Oh, yeah. Well, being in a fraternity, you have to remember a lot of information. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. So it's just like I, I kind of pick things up easily. That's good. Yeah, I don't. Uh, one of the things I think. What I think one of the things that um, I I always like to say is that if you're gonna who the owls at night, you gotta soar with the eagles in the morning. That's part of the only college saying I got from a teacher. Basically saying if you're gonna stay up late the night before, you better be able to get up early the next day and be business orientated too. You can't do one and not be the other. What's your What's your Instagram name again? I want to tag. Hempletics. Oh, okay. Hempletics. Yeah, we make it nice and easy that way so people can find us. Oh, I've seen trying to call, I, keep calling my uh, I've seen computer guy. Hempletics, but then I was like, I hope that's not like a hemp athletic company. I didn't want to tag. Uh, no, it's good. I hope there's more of those companies out there. We need them. So uh, we've gone so many different routes right now. All right, so Cleveland Rochester, you settled in Rochester. Um, why Rochester versus Ohio? I know part of it's, but but. Is I mean, it honestly, people? Is it was just, like, it just really circumstances? wasn't, it just was really, that's how life just planned it out because I wasn't playing, I, honestly, when I left Rochester to move back to Ohio for, for high school, I never thought I would be moving back to Rochester again after college. Um, it's just kind of, kind of where God just led me in the situation I was in and at the time, like I was saying, and then moving here, my mom helped me get that ticket here and then just being able to, to to grow my business here, things have, have gone extremely smooth. So it just was like, I've just, it's been, I don't want to, not, it's not easy. The easy is not the word I'm looking for. The amount of support and love that I get here in Rochester, I really enjoy it. And I, and I do like Rochester. To me, it's not, I think to me, it's really more about the people you surround, your, surround yourself around and the energy you're surrounded around. And I think Rochester is dope in my opinion. So a lot of people don't like it, but I mean, I don't really have a problem with it, you know? So um, I'm going to move eventually. You know, because, I mean, other cities have bigger opportunities. But um, with this movie I'm creating, I'm trying to create other opportunities here so people don't have to leave. So, All right. So that's what I want to broach on next. So so you mentioned it twice, a movie. You, you're a writer. So you must be a writer. Like, your mom's a writer, right? So is that something you got from her? Yeah, like- my mom is a writer. Um, she writes, like, church plays and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, she's always, she's always done little stuff, you know what I'm saying, writing-wise. And then... I always said I wanted to write a movie, 
And then in 2016, the idea just finally came to me. And I didn't know how I didn't know how to write a movie. I had I had the idea down. I was like, okay, I got this idea. I know what I wanna I know what I wanted to be about. And then I started talking to my brother and he said, Okay, well, um, get this uh script writing book by Sid Fields and read it and check it out. So I, I bought the book, started reading it, started understanding how scripts are formatted and stuff like that, like how to put the dialogue in in the right places and stuff. So, my so what bro- was the name of that book in for people? Um, it was like a script writing book by Sid Fields. I can't exactly. Ex- Sid I, Fields? Um, All right, that's good because I've always been curious about like screenwriting and my biggest fear is like how to format. So it's cool. That I didn't realize that. That's right. awesome. Thank you. So, um, Basically, what ended up happening is, hold on one second. Baby, I'm going to call you back. So basically, what ended up happening is, um, my brother said, okay, write as much as you can, get it down as much as you can, and then send it to me, and I'm going to organize it for you and put you, put it in the correct format and stuff like that. And then um, when I sent it to him, I had like maybe 60 or 70 pages down. Then he helped um, him and another writer actually help add a, a little bit more to it. Um, and then, yeah, then we had the completed scripts about 90 pages long. So, so 90 pages, how many minutes is that? Um, usually in, in scripts, you would say a page is a minute. So 90 minutes is, I mean, 90 pages would be like an hour and a half. Wow. That's crazy. A page a minute. Did you know about that, Bob? Nope. How long does it take you to read a page? Me? It's yeah. in, a, in a script, it's pretty quick because it's like, it's not like it's Times New Roman. <laughs> so it's like, it's not like that font where everything is really close together. It's, it's, it's a little more spaced out because you have your dialogue parts and you might have a part where it's giving you a premise of what the scene is and then it'll go from there. But usually they say about a page is usually about a minute. Yeah, For me nowadays, it's, it's a matter of, do I have my glasses near me? My reading glasses. Is the print bigger than one font or bigger? Uh, can you enlarge that to at least a 15? So, you know, it's going to take some time for me to read I'm that. starting to use my phone now as a, as a, like a little camera. magnifying glass. Yeah, as yeah, the yeah, camera. I, I, yeah. I learned that trick a long time too. Oh, yeah. that's ridiculous. I can't <laughs> believe I got to do that. And I thought I, was, I thought I had good vision. Not anymore. Uh, so, Chris, the movie itself, comedy, drama, like, like why it's did you choose, and why did you choose comedy? Um, I chose comedy because I'm part of a sketch comedy team in Rochester uh, called 585 Viral. We've had a couple of names, but uh, we go by 585 Viral now. And um, it's something that I really love to do. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm really not a serious person by heart, so writing a comedy was, I think, the, it's my only option. Um and um, I got an idea for a horror film, though, so I might work on that. A but. comedy horror film, or um, not actually film? a horror horror film? Oh, really? But um, but yeah, I just it it just came really not came easy, but it just yeah, it kind of came easy. So now, did the story formulate in your mind over years, or was it like when you started writing, the story came out? Um, so I had this, like I said, 2016 when I got the idea, and I kind of had the story, like a good story plot of how I wanted it to go. But then, of course, you got to actually have the characters to get you through there. So I would just um, get inspired and sit down and uh, and just start writing. I would I would actually use my iPhone. I wouldn't because uh, I started writing it in um, like a notebook. And I said to myself, at some point in time, I'm going to have to write this. Actually, I'm going to have to type this out. So then I actually typed what I had in my notebook, in my, fo- in my phone, in my notes because I'm not in, it's hard for me to sit in front of a computer, you know, and just 
sit there when I got other things to do, but I'm always in my phone. So I'm like, okay, I can just be in my phone anytime. And, um, now, would you like read, read it into your phone and that way? Is that how you did it? Or you nah, type just, it? You just, hand I, 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 I can type pretty fast. So yeah, I just wow. would kind of just I can't. be oh. typing, typing. Because I would be thinking and then I would type, go, type, go, think, type, go. And I would just be creative, be as creative as I could with it. Um, yeah. And it's, it just so did you go in order from beginning to end or did you piece it together? Um, I did it from beginning to end because I already had a good idea of how I wanted it to, to flow. But it just was the the in between parts of like how I was gonna get it there, mm-hmm. so I kind of did really I did it from the pretty much from beginning to end. But what I did before I started was I kind of did an outline. So I did an outline of kind of like what I wanted to talk about, the outline of the characters and the what the characters are about because that's a big part of how um, you get through your story too is like the nature of your characters, what they actually do, their profession and stuff like that and how they interact with the other characters. So I kind of like wrote down little pieces to that and then I built off of that. So, so you did like wrote a character name and then you wrote a bunch of traits of that character, a bunch correct. of, right? Correct, that's correct. And then so, so you had it like a note. So like, one of the characters' name is Fred Yusuf King, a.k.a. Little Fuck in the movie. Sorry, not not a cuss word, it's F-U-K, that's his initials, people, so don't don't get it up for But um. They call him. Um, they call him that because he's like a little fast talker and you know, which is schemer and kind of like that. And he's funny, and that's his character. Then his older brother in the movie, his name is Dookie, but his real new, his real name is Dukeon. But they call him Dookie because when his little brother was little, he could never pronounce his name. They would all he was always call him Dookie, so that's why everybody started calling him. Oh, but yeah. it's a it's a funny story in the movie about how they tell how they got their names and stuff like that. So the two main characters in the movie are little fucking Dookie. And I just played off that name a lot, you know. And I just I thought I was like, what is the the craziest names I can think of? And that that just came to my head. And I said, wow, let me. How could I work this into the movie different ways? And it ended up becoming hilarious. And what's the name of the movie again? It's called Rent a Ride. It's about two brothers that start a rent a car company in the hood through racial adversity, basically. That I have, is a, such I have a, a trailer cool premise. I have a trailer. I can show you guys a trailer as well. Yeah, no, and we'll we'll try and uh, we'll try and either play some of the trailer. Or we'll put it up on the website too. If we got to get his trailer Thank. up on the website. Thank you. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? That's that'll be the best. It'll be the first video put up there other than my own. So I need to have <laughs> some diversity. It's perfect. Bob used to dabble in movie a little bit back in the day. What? Uh, so we're going to compare equipment. Oh. So Bob was a little amateur movie maker <laughs> no, back no, in the no, day. No, no. That was all. What drug you, induced. What, what, that was nothing to do with actual. <laughs> what was what? What did you use equipment though? It was a VHS camcorder, right? Sony VHS camcorder, right? In eighty nine, so yeah, we did wow. two small movies with with uh, us and our no, friends. Don't say wow! Sp- <laughs> don't say wow! <laughs> I was good equipment back then. Yeah, back then, yeah. Uh, Was it? (laughs) I don't know. No, the best part was he'd have this big thing on his shoulder going through a party of a bunch of drunks and then put the light on. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Not only that, it was like, and now act. And now, yeah, yeah. And I know you guys are drunk, but now act. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> no, it's not the lines. Oh, fuck it. Just do it. <laughs> so we did two smart movies. One was just kind of like a piecemeal of the summer events, and the other one was an actual movie, like plot and everything. So we nice. would meet together at certain times, and Bob laid the whole thing out. We met down at the beach, did had certain Was venues. it fun? Dude. Was it fun? Okay. In the beginning, it was fun. And then it became frustrating. And then I'm like, I'm done with it. 
I, I don't care. The story doesn't make sense. It, it's together. You guys all have a copy. It's yours. I'm done. Goodbye. We had a whole <laughs> we had a whole party though when the whole when he was done editing it all and it was cute. Yeah, we all loved it. it. Nobody cute. nobody read into it too bad. You know, it was all. But yeah, those filmmaking can definitely get frustrating at times. I can definitely say that from yeah. my experience of doing it, especially when you're dealing with talent quote unquote yeah. <laughs> yeah, if the talent is me then there's no word no talent at all <laughs> it was all the fr- all our friends that was our talent all right so there's a couple movie production um companies here in rochester i know we've mm-hmm. talked about it in the past on other podcast episodes but are you doing all this yourself or, or define what you're doing because this is um, pretty amazing with the, with the movie that i'm shooting um i've been able to use um my resources to actually put this together um to give a little background of how kind of came to d- came to shooting with how how I shot it when working with my brother I said he was a big um, part of helping me put together he had his the film crew they usually use for shooting movies and stuff um actually do like the whole layout for me budget price and everything it was like three hundred and fifty six thousand dollars I was like wow I don't have that kind of money well how it was there that and so, that's actually what, not but what that includes that include yeah it's not a big budget for a movie at all it's yeah. really not but for me, <laughs> that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah, well, to invest me, in a movie. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, so I was like, okay, thanks, thanks for showing me how real movies are made. I'm gonna see what I can do, what I can do. So, uh, I took basically, even though um, they made it, I took the format that they gave me. I went to another um, local company here in Rochester that I was familiar with that I'm friends with. He told me around one hundred twenty thousand to do it. And um, again, I didn't have that kind of capital to to put towards um, a movie at the time. So I was watching um, something about entrepreneurship online. And the guy was saying something along the lines of, um, you don't need more, you don't need more money, you need a better plan. And that really stuck with me. I said, okay, maybe this is, this is trying to tell me something. So um, I started mapping out all my resources just hitting up my friends that I knew that were amazing at what they did. Big shout out to Chris Johnson, Albert Jones, uh, Chantel Brown, uh, my boy Jay. I mean, there's a lot of people that came together to to help make this happen. And um, after I showed them the script and my idea and, and what I had going on, what I planned to do, um, luckily they were all willing to work with me and, and, and make it happen. So, um, and these, like I said, again, these are all my friends as well too. So, um, we just came together, started shooting it back in um, October um, 2018, like up to October 16, 2018. Luckily, they've stuck with me the whole time, um, and we were able to get it done. I mean, working in an independent film, as you guys know, when nobody's getting paid, you got to work around people's schedules, and it's not just the actor's schedule. You have to work around the, your, the videographer's schedules and, and stuff like that. And, so, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's so many little um, pieces to this. I think how it kind of worked out, which was pretty cool, is... Um, three of my friends, they all have Sony cameras. So say one person couldn't make it to that day, um, another person would come or a different person, you know what I'm saying? Um, so we kind of worked it out that way. And it just, like I said, I'm a big believer in the secret. I meditated on it a lot, visualized how I wanted the scenes to go, um, put it on paper, planned it out. And things didn't go perfect all the time, but I would say a big part of the time, things went very well. For my first film, that is. Of course, we had you know, things that went wrong at certain times, but I can't really complain. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about how things went. It was a learning experience as well. So are you, it's completed the whole movie? So the, we wrapped shooting 
um, for the movie. Um, now it's the post production process, which is an, is a big process in itself. And mm-hmm. uh, my bo- my brother, Cor- I keep mentioning my brother. His name is Corday Cardwell. He's in Ohio, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, he's a beast at what he does. And um, I just recently went down there this past weekend. Um, we went through the timeline of the movie, watched it, uh, jotted down ideas on we think how we think would be funny on different parts. And he, and he was bringing a lot of ideas to the table that I, I didn't even think of. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do with it. I like to look, think of us like the Carwell brothers, like the Russo brothers mm-hmm. with the Carwell brothers. Yeah. I know it's kind of corny. That's but, awesome. Um, I would love to for me and him to be able to grow and, and create. I mean, and him too. We've been talking about that a lot with with films. So um, he, we have a lot of projects we want to work on in the future together. So what's the length that's going to be? Um, I know it'll depend on the cut. Um, the cut that we have right now is about two hours. So, but we want to cut it down to an hour and thirty minutes. I think that that's really a good time for a comedy movie. You don't want it to be too drawn out. Mm-hmm. It was everything based in Rochester, all the scenes? Yes. So my, my big thing about this whole movie is there's so much talent in Rochester. I wanted to keep the majority of the talent here in Rochester. Now, there are one of the main actors is my cousin from Ohio. Um, another actor is from Maryland because we needed like a, a special kind of actor. She's a little person. So uh, she's actually famous um, on Instagram. And she was, I hit her up. She's an awesome person. Um, she was willing to come work with us, so she came on down uh, to work with us with the film. Um, but those are the only two people really outside of Rochester that uh, contributed to the film. And um, but I wanted to keep it Rochester based because I'm doing this for my basically doing this for my city. I want to show the, the world how talented Rochester is, how funny we can be, and I want to build a team like a Seth Rogen or Adam Sandler team where you see a lot of them, a lot of different, a lot of different movies, but you might see the same people in a lot of the same movies. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal of what I want to to create here so people don't have to leave to go to LA or New York City to go be in movies we can do it here I mean there's art and I want to and I don't want to say I'm like the first person to make a movie here in Rochester because I'm not there were a lot of other amazing movies here made in Rochester I don't think there Mm -hmm. were too many comedies made but um I also while during this process did take advice from different filmmakers and things like that from Rochester because I don't know everything so I want to make sure that I get knowledge from people so you know a lot of people did contribute to this so you talk about mentoring yourself now you're talking about doing a new project of you had no experience. Did you have a mentor for you through this process at all? Uh, I would say my, the biggest mentor would be my brother in this whole process. Um, he's walked me through the whole process. He, he basically said, you get to this point and I'm going to take it the rest of the way. And I, and I think at first, when I first brought the idea to him, cause so many people bring him ideas, you know, it's like people tell you idea, you're like, okay, yeah, well, get this part of it and, you know, do this and do that and I'll help you with it, you know, and I really did it and he's like, oh, shit, okay. Oh, I'm excited to me because he's like, no, yeah, okay, good, well, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to work and to see him excited on the film um, makes me feel excited because my brother, he was a big mentor to me in photography as well. Um, you know, you have a lot of yes men around you at times. My brother's not that guy. <laughs> he's he's a, he, he went to a school, especially when they're big on critiquing and stuff like that. So he used to let me know, like, yo, you need to step your game up photography-wise. You need to do this. This is what you need to work on. You need to work on your retouching. You need to do this with your lighting. Try this and try that. And um, I followed his lead on a lot of the things he said. And when it came to the film, I went to him once again, like, okay, this is my idea. He said, okay, write down as much as you can, and I'll help you take the script to the next of the way. I said, okay. I did exactly what he told me to do. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said, the next part, he said, okay, we, you get it all filmed, get it to me. I'm going to take it the next, the rest of the way. I just got it all filmed. I'm giving it to him. So I'm, now he's excited to take it the rest of the way. So I, 
I'm just excited to to just do this project with my brother, period. You know, yeah, he's my big bro. So it's like, I look up to him. It's like, I'm just excited for this all around. Yeah, I'm excited for both of you as well. I mean, to, it's so special to share with family like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me some of the uh, good and bad of the taping. And, and where did you, what's the home base? Like, where's the rental? Like, where's the Okay, rental so Rent a Ride is actually, uh, it's a place called Cheap Cars, 85 Lyle. Um, Downtown Rochester, big shout out to Cheap Cars for letting us use that that place. But we had so many. That's the one thing about this movie. We like we had a lot of different locations. It wasn't just like we're all on that location. Um, I had to I had to create because, like I said, it's, it's a rental car company. I mean, they started a rental car company through racial adversity. So I'll give you guys a little. I'll show you the preview, but to give a background to the listeners, what the movie kind of is about. Um, the two brothers laughing already. I love this. The, the two brothers, and, and a lot of people might not understand what a lead check is in other other places. But what a lead check is, is a check that some individuals get here in upstate New York for having advanced levels of lead, and they, those checks could be in, up in the amounts of two hundred thousand dollars at times, a very a, a big amount. So um, I thought it would be funny to kind of like build off of that, off a of lead check. So. Usually people get lead checks. They never do what they're supposed to do with them. They always blow them. But um, anyways, so the two brothers, um, one brother graduates from Everest, and he's supposed to be like the brains of the family because, you know, he graduates from Everest. And um, the other brother, which is a little brother, he's more the fast talker, schemer kind of guy. So um, the little brother meets a nurse, ends up getting her to write him a prescription for lead. He gets a lead check in the mail. So when he gets a lead check in the mail, he ends up going to his brother like, okay, I know you're the brains of the family. We need to figure out how we're going to invest this lead check. I don't want to I don't want to be a schemer no more. We got to figure out what we're going to do. You're the brains. Figure it out. So he's like, okay. So he's like, let me think about it. And um, this is going to also be a good movie for the stoners because they, they do a lot of that in the movie as well. So... Um, <laughs> Now he has to. Now he's kind of in the, in the thought process of what he's going to do with the lead check. He get, they go to a little, they go out one night. They meet two ladies. Um, two ladies are the two main people in the movie, and they end up. Uh, I don't want to tell too much, yeah, but no, no, don't so give too much away. I love what ends up, what, ends, what ends up happening is the next day, then he goes to take the ladies out. He has a boot on his car, can't take them out, so he ends up asking Siri, where's the closest rental car company? And Siri tells him, Jim C. Reynolds. So Jim C. Reynolds is a playoff of, um, I guess, trying to just using my creative comedic ideas. I was like, okay, I got to build, I want to build some type of funny racism into it. So um, Jim C. Reynolds actually stands for Jim Crow Reynolds. So they go to, he goes to Jim Crow Reynolds. It's like a rental car company with a crow carrying a car with a KK hat. And he, he was like, oh, he's like, what the hell is this? Why am I like, but they're the only place that had cars that day. So he goes in there um, and big shout out to comedian Todd Youngman. Todd Youngman, he's a comedian um, that works at Comedy at the Carlson. Good friend of mine. Very, very funny guy. Um, and big shout out to my boy Rick and a couple of my other friends that who actually played um um, the stand-ins for the customers, but um, they had a, cra- a crazy improv scene, which was very funny. Um, and he ends up getting kicked out the rental car company. When he gets kicked out the rental car company, um, he ends up calling his brother like, okay, I know what we're going to do with the, re- the lead check. We're going to start a rental car company in the hood. So they end up starting a rental car company in the hood. And a lot of comedy comes from different people that of course, wouldn't be able to rent cars, try to come rent cars from them and stuff throughout the movie. And then um, through one of the characters that rents cars from them, he ends up getting murdered. 
Okay, in a funny way. Now, I don't want people to be sad. So, But he ends up getting murdered. But when he gets murdered, he leaves something in the trunk of the car. Let's put it like that. So when he leaves that in the trunk of the car, the workers end up finding it. And then from there, um, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with uh, with what they find in the trunk. But there's somebody else looking for that stuff that's in the trunk as well. And um, they end up crossing paths. And it's a funny way of what happens from there. And then um, to the final scene, uh I really want to tell you guys, but I don't want to give away no, too much. Do no, 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 um, I, I've the, definitely watched this movie. Yeah, I can the, tell you the that. Final, the final scene is extremely funny. Uh, we have one of the, uh, we have a top athlete from Rochester in the movie. I just don't want to say the name mix. I don't want to give it away. But um, it's a funny ending scene. How it ends up ending, and um, I'm excited about it. I'm just I'm excited to put it out. We uh, we worked really hard on it. This is like my baby right now. So um, it's my first film. It's not like I said. Everything won't be perfect. But uh, I would say for first film, I think it's going to be something special. How are you getting it out there? Um, right now, oh, I'm sorry, I'm positive sorry. about that. But um, right now, I'm going to be doing um, a release. Um, the release, I'm working with. Um, I don't want to give away the name of the theater yet, but I'm working with the theater to get the to have a red carpet release for the movie. Um, but my main, but my main goal is to get it onto a streaming platform like like a Netflix, a Hulu, Amazon Prime. Um, that's the goal. So, and to at least a platform where Rochester can be showcased in a good way. So, no doubt. My question is: Have you researched to see how you get on those platforms? Um, yes, I have, and um, luckily, um, a lot of this, a lot of stuff in this industry is who you know, and and making connections and the right connections. Fortunately, I've been able to make um, some pretty good connections. Um, and I, like I said, once again, I'm a heavy believer in the secret, and I believe that these connections have just come to, not just come to me, but from doing the work of the movie, being putting that, putting the positive energy out there, and just the right people coming in my path. I've, I've have a, I have a couple of different ends into, to, um, the Netflix streaming platform. Um, so I'm excited about that. No promises, you know what I'm saying, yet. But, uh, just to see that I have the opportunity to actually get in there, um, is exciting. And then, um, Amazon Prime, I'm working on them as well right now too. So, excellent. I'm excited to hear that. So yeah, that's that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal. So that's a far cry from your camcorder bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you like working with the Sony cameras? Yes, I loved it actually. Um, Sony's what I originally started shooting with. So um, Sony just makes a really good product. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, low light shooting, it's amazing. Um, the the video I mean it's really it really is built for video really well for video so because um, there's so much data people don't realize when you do video it's, yes it's and, heavy data it and a lot of it has memory. to do with it is the lenses too um, but the one uh, my DP uh, Chris Johnson he has some amazing lenses for the Sony um, Carl Zeiss lenses I know you guys photographer Carl Zeiss makes amazing lenses so they're extremely sharp and even through when we were watching the timeline of the movie, my brother would say, wow, you guys shot this with Sony cameras? We're like, yeah. And we use lighting, of course, too, to, to help. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it shoots really well. And your experience as a photographer, lighting-wise, that definitely played into this, right? For what you're oh, doing yeah, 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 totally. Right? Uh, totally. I, I mean, light is light, no matter whether you're shooting video or photo. Um, it's just really knowing how to manipulate that light. And yeah, of course, that's the most important thing to have <laughs> on set. Uh, so yeah, we um, and and not like I said, just not just myself. I, I had people around me that knew what they were doing too. So it wouldn't be just all on me. I don't want to say like I'm taking credit for everything because this definitely was a team effort. Just, and, and how many people are part of this team? I'm intrigued by that. Um, I would say for my production team, around 
10 people, but see, all 10 people might not be there all the time. So kind of like how we worked, how we kind of work is, um, I had my main, my main camera. If he wasn't available, then I would, I would go to some of my second shooters and they, they would be able to come on set. And then it's like, cause with the independent film, you have to work around people's schedules. You have to be, um, you have to keep that in mind. You know, you can't, it's not like they're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. So it's like, you really have to be um, considerate to that. So um, I tried my best to make sure I wasn't like too pushy. Like people couldn't do it. I'm going to be like, Oh, come on, just do it. Just do it. You know, I would just go on to the next person and until I could find a fit. And um, it just worked out, you know, and, and it just, it, I just did the best I could. I, I honestly tried the best I could and, and it worked out. So what you mentioned the two um, quotes you have for budgets. Yes. You were probably way under. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, because you obviously, everybody, all your teammates, <laughs> you didn't pay anybody's yeah. salaries and that stuff, so, obviously. Um, so that's all. Yeah, when, it, when I definitely was able to stay. I mean, I had to to pay a couple people here and there, which which is fine. People definitely deserve to get paid for their time, which I, I don't have a problem with that. And then, mm-hmm. especially in the, the post production process, um, a lot of the people that's going to be working on it will not be my friends. So they will have to, def- they definitely will want to get paid for what they're doing. But um, it's definitely way under what I was per, you know, what I would have had to pay um, originally. But if God willing, I'm able to make some money off this film. Anybody that was able to help me with this film, I'll make sure that they, you know, are, are taken care of in some kind of way and form. And then I want to have money for the next project. So we can have, I'm going to treat the next project the same way, but at least I have a little bit more money to, to make things happen. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you. Like, so I know when you take on a project like this, and the time, like, it took so much of your your life. Yeah. For since what, August or October when you started it. Yes. Two thousand eighteen. So what are you doing with that time now? Do you fill refill it back up again? Um, you know what? It's it's still not filled up because I now it's the post production part. So now I have to work on different things. It's not the shooting I have to work on. Now I have to figure out what our song catalog is going to be. And I have to, you know, cause like I want to make everything Rochester out of this movie. So I have to go through a certain amount of Rochester artists and try to pick certain tracks and pick certain things for the background music. And it's still a process. It's, it's still, um, I want to say a ways from being done, but it still has some time to, to be done. So, um, how many different songs will you have in the movie? Or know what, of know what? That's a good question um, because there's certain scenes like when they'll be riding in the car, so that might be like a like a couple of songs, and then there'll just be like songs that are just instrumentals. And I'm working with a, um, a, one of the people that's helped me score the movie. His name is Ronnie Young. Um, he's from Rochester, but lives in Cali, California, right now. But he's an amazing composer, so uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to help put together um, for some of those certain parts. But like I said, I'm going to take music from as many people in Rochester as I can to try to show as much support as I can. Impressive. So we talked about the the movie. We talked about photography, but we didn't talk about the piece of your business. You have your own studio. I mentioned yes. it, but, but like, when did you get this studio? How long did it take you to create? Like, I'm, I'm I love this. Inside so my space is huge. So my first studio, um, I had on Andrew Street, and um, I was in there with uh, two music producers. Uh, shout out to JK Productions. Shout out to Music Corner, which is my boy Rodney Young and Bobby Keys had in a time, and they, the how God works is. Like I said, I was just kind of getting into photography and getting my name going. Um, shout out to my big bro Darren Warwick. He's one of the people that did kind of take me under his take me under his wing and show me the way of how to move as a Rochester photographer. So um, they had like an open space in their, their studio where it actually looked like it used to be a photography studio, but nobody was doing photography in there at the time except for my boy Darren from time to time. And um, as I built a friendship with those guys and they knew I did photography, they were like, "Yo, 
then nobody's using this space. Why don't you just come on over and, you know, just use it? I'm like, bet. Like, you know, I didn't have to pay any rent. And at the time, I was still learning. So it wasn't like I knew what I was doing all the way yet. So I kind of used that studio to start learning. So I would just have my friends come in, set up different lighting and and um, try to figure it out. And then one time, um, big shout out to my boy, Brett Siemens. He was a, a student at RET at the time. He had a loft ahead of, uh, on top of my building where we were at. So he was just coming downstairs to to maybe, I forgot why he came downstairs. To We were just friends. So like you always talk photography stuff and stuff like that. I'm a world talkative person. So I see someone in the camera, I usually go over there and start talking to him. Of course. You learn. To how, how do you like to learn right. if you don't So he engage. came downstairs and he's looking at my lighting setup. He's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like... I'm trying to learn how to do lighting. He was like, "Well, let me teach. Let me show you some things." And he started teaching me what, how an octabox is used, or a softbox is used. What, how, when to use a grid, how light, how light is shaped with with different modifiers, how to bounce, how to bounce light, how to use V flats, how to. Then I started learning all this information. I'm like, "Wow, wow, this is cool." So then, as I started learning that. That's when I started really going on YouTube. I like, well, let me see what else I can find out. Started researching different photographers, and I started learning about Jill Greensburg and, and how she how she lights specific things. I, I fell in love with her her lighting style, and then I just started trying it and trying different things. And then throughout the through doing those things, I started building my own style of photography. And then um, two thousand come that was like in two thousand nine. Then come two thousand eleven, um, I had a situation where we we had to move out of that area. So. Um, I went to the Cumberland building, just so happened a space opened up and I just caught it at the right time. But then again, I'm the law of attraction and this is, I, I, I preach it all the time. And I just was able to come up on this space and um, I w- I've been there ever since. And um, it's really been a blessing. How many square feet you have? 1,100. Oh, that's a good space. Yeah. Now, do you have your stuff, is it set up as a gallery or is it just studio for shooting? Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, more shooting, more shooting stuff. Like I, I try to, it's so much different stuff because I do like senior pictures and stuff. So you got to have like different backgrounds for different things. And so I, I try to keep a couple different backgrounds as, as much as I can and I create with light. But um, I try to make it more like a, I call it the good news photography lounge. So I kind of try to keep it like a photography studio with a loft feel, but still professional. It's kind of hard to explain. You just kind of got to come check it out. Yeah, so well, some couches like like you can relax a couple couches, a bit. then of mm-hmm. course you got dressing rooms, yeah, you and have then to, yeah. it's it's a wide open space more so. So, um, yeah, I love it, man. I love being in Cumberland Building. It's a very creative building. Um, there's I'm not the only photographer, and there's about four photographers. We're all friends. We all help each other, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm not a real. I mean, I'm a very competitive person, but when it comes to like business and working together and stuff like that, like. I'm not a hater. Like I rather, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I believe you work together. You know what I'm saying? Teamwork makes the dream work. Let's work together and not work against each other. Collaboration. Exactly. Because yeah. there's enough money to go around for everybody. Did so, it take you a while to learn that? Or were you okay with that right away? Because you said you're competitive. Honestly, I mean, that's always been my, I mean, I'm competitive because like I play sports, play basketball. I love to win. You know, I mean, it's competitive. You're always going to have a competitive nature, but my personality is just like a teamwork personality. Teamwork makes a dream work. Let's help each other. You know what I'm saying? If, it, if we're in a competition, I'm going to try to win. But at the end of the day, like, if during the competition you're like, dude, my light broke, I'm like, here, man, use mine. I'm not using it, you know? So it's like that kind of thing. Oh, that's good. So hoops, uh, I love playing hoops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I play as much as I can. Uh, never as much as I want to. Yeah, basketball, so, that's my first love. You still play now? 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely still play now. Not as much as I as I as I would like, but at least once a week, once you know, once every couple. I mean, a couple times every, a month. You know, I went from playing every day to you know now I'm 36 years old. You, you don't heal the same at this age. So, um, but I love to get out there and just know I still got it. From time just a matter of finding the time, really. That's right, what it's exactly. About. Yeah, when when you can find guys to run with. Right. Well, I just go to Cobb's Hill or something like that. Like, you know, it's got happen with the youngins, man. Get yeah. in where you fit in. No, that's where I've been playing. Yeah, <laughs> LA Fitness during the winter, and then during the summer I go to Cobb. Okay, Hill. nice, nice. Yeah, 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 LA Fitness goes down too. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, some of it gets kind of corny, but you know, <laughs> I just don't like playing with guys that are fighting for calls to stay in the court. Yes, like, like arguing for no damn reason. Like, like, come on, guys. Nobody in here is going to the NBA. Just give the ball up. Let's run. So back in the day, I started doing triathlons. Actually, funny story uh, because I was playing ball at Cobb's Hill back in my early twenties as my workout. So I'd work. And I'd go before I'd go home to my to my wow. ex and my and my daughter. She always go, go play hoops, whatever, Brian. It's your thing. I'd go to Cobb's Hill and the bickery would be so bad. I started calling it Bicker Hill because I would go there, get myself on a team, and I'd go run the up the reservoir and back down again, and then be ready for the game because you know it's two three weights, but nobody wants to leave the game, so the games take too long because oh if it's People a two or three point game, they're or... arguing every call. Oh. How it goes, man. It's a little better now. So they got this guy, Don, now, who's there. He's there, like, late afternoon. Like, he shows up about 4 o'clock now, mm. takes everybody's names down on a list, and then as you show way. up. Yeah, and then if you get picked on another team, he crosses your name off, and, and it's that's a little the best better way to, now. That's the best way to do it, man, because back in the day, they will hog the court. So, yeah, that's how it goes. There was, that's, oh, man. Unless you can play, then you're going to get picked up. But. That's right. Yeah, but when you're a five-man <laughs> white guy, yeah, if you're a five-man <laughs> white guy, even if you can play, you're still, there's always someone they're going to think that's better than you. That's the way I've always had to deal with my whole life. But, you know, at the end of the day, once they see you and play, see they're me like, play, yeah, they're, yeah, because they're there's two things I do. I pass and I play D. That's and those it, two things yeah. at Cobb's Hill, you know, are the most important. <laughs> you need two scorers on your team and that's five guys who will play D and pass, that's right? That's a fact, yes. <laughs> you want to run the court this summer. But uh, back in the day, down at the beach, you should be my favorite place to play. Yeah, Shalot. I heard Shalot used to go down back oh, back then. Man. I wasn't able to be there, be, really be there around that time because I was, I was living in Ohio at the time. Mm -hmm. So, but like around my time or when I was coming up in high school, when I was going to Gates, we used to be at Lions Park all the time. No, Lions right. Park was a big one. And then... Um, what other park was that? Gates uh, Town Park too. South right? is it Southgate? Right over there by uh, Walmart. Yeah, yeah, behind the Westgate Post Office. Yeah, so we used to be over there all the time. Those uh -huh. were like our two big spots when I was when I was like sixteen, fifteen, up from there, where we used to go and go crazy. So yeah, you gotta play. Oh, I miss it, man. It's a passion, right? Oh my God, that's been that's my first love, man. Basketball is my first love. My dad always used to say, "Why is a five nine white guy, guy have his favorite sport is basketball?" I'm like, "I don't know, Dad." Basketball is the best sport, man. I can tell you my my um, my range of my hands is longer than my body, you know. So so naturally, That's defense get, right there. you know. So it's defense. So I'm five nine. So you're supposed to have a reach, a reach, you know. The your same wingspan your is kind of crazy. Man, my wingspan is longer than than my height. So <laughs> I'm a very good defender because people don't realize yeah. I can. I can tip a ball away like most people. Stoke. Unless, you know, it's awesome though. All right, so we talked family, we talked photography, we talked videography, we talked basketball. You got a girlfriend? Oh, you got a yeah, woman? You got kids? What's Definitely. up? Like, um, anything? Don't you have any kids special? yet. Um, me and my lady have been together for a while. I love her so much. Big shout out to my girl, Santi. And um, yeah, that's the love of my life, man. We've been traveling a lot this year. Uh, just went to Mexico for her birthday. We went to LA for my birthday. So yeah, that's 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 definitely my love right there. I love it. And when's the ring going on the finger then? Pretty soon. Ah. Pretty soon. That's been a question I've been getting a lot. A lot. But um, like 
she's definitely not going anywhere. Like I'm definitely putting a ring on it. So yeah, you guys yeah, are good. Yeah, you guys that, get yeah. each other. <laughs> I love it. So what advice would you give for people um, that would go do a have a career different than their college education? First off, mm-hmm. uh, and second off, being a, a small business owner in Rochester. What kind of advice would you give to, to young young people? Um, stay consistent. Like consistency is key. Treat people how you would want to be treated because in owning your own business, the word of mouth is one of the most powerful things that you can, can go off of. So you always want to make sure that you're treating people right because you never know who you're going to come across. Um, invest in your business. Um, protect your business. And take yourself seriously. Like, don't don't have one of these businesses where, you know, like I said, they don't invest in themselves. They have pride in your business. Like like my dad used to always say, I don't care if I'm the CEO of the the company. I'm gonna be here. I'm, if I got to, I'm gonna sweep the floor, make sure my my, my building is clean, and and that's kind of the the person I am. I want to make sure that no matter what I do, my business is represented. Um, right. One of the things my dad taught me he said, never use uh, your race as an excuse if you can't compete on all levels. Don't compete at all. So I kind of use that mentality. Whereas like if my studio isn't competing with the the top studios. Wherever it is, I don't care if it's in Rochester, New York City, or whatever. I want it to to compete. So um, that's just kind of the mindset that you that any person that's coming up should try to have and write your ideas down. I, I, I'm a strong believer in writing your ideas and your goals down because um, by doing that, it helps them become more real. Puts it out into the universe, and you're able to achieve it as long as you're putting the work behind it. Um, stay positive. Visualize your success. Visualize where you want to be at. Um, visualize like no matter like for me personally like I always try to visualize myself doing photo shoots with um, different celebrities or photo shoots in different situations or if I know I have a photo shoot coming up I try to visualize how I want the photo shoot to go so that time by the time you get the opportunity you're prepared for the opportunity so um, to any of the up and comers make sure you visualize your success and believe in yourself because when you believe in yourself others will believe in you too who put the notion of visualization in your head my father. Visualization is definitely my dad. Um, and then watching The Secret showed me how important visualization is, in my opinion. Um, like, everybody has their own beliefs, but just in what I believe, you stay positive, you work hard towards your goals, you visualize your success, I mean, or meditate. A lot of people call it meditating. Meditating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps you keep... It helps for when those opportunities come along, you're prepared for them. You prepared your mind for it ahead of time. And a funny story behind that is I just did a um, photo shoot with Fabulous. I don't know if you guys are familiar with who the rap artist Fabulous is. I mean, he's extremely big, um, well-known by millions, uh, platinum plaques, like one of my favorite rappers. He's a legend in the the hip-hop game. But I just recently did a photo shoot with him in my studio. And... Doing so, before that, I, I mean, I can tell you the countless times where I actually just visualized that happening. Like me, just close my eyes and just watching him in my studio, how I would set up the lighting, how I would do it, how I would communicate with him. And just, you know, so when I got the opportunity, I feel like I would be ready. I mean, I've done that with a lot of rap artists, you know what I'm saying? And this just happened to kind of pass first. Um, I had a couple others, though, but this one is the most recent one. Mm-hmm. And everything went great. It went great. And I even told him during the show, I said, Fab, this is crazy. 
I visualize you being in my studio plenty of times and you're here, we're doing a photo shoot. That's the law of attraction. And he said, yeah, that's, you're right. You're definitely right. So that was like, like that stamp, like, yeah, I know I'm on the right track. So, um, yeah, it just helps you stay prepared, man, for, for whatever you have to come your way. I appreciate you saying it so much in my, some of my past episodes I've talked about how I have used visualization in my life to get what I need, especially mm-hmm. uh, telling people training athletically. I used to visualize every race from beginning to end. Got to. Right? Like at the moment I get there to unloading you. my car, to setting up my transition area, to putting myself through the whole swim course, the whole bike course, the whole run course. And you know what and though? Visualizing and finish. when you step on that, that, that starting line, it's like it's already done. It's like it's, no it's already done in my head. It's already done in my head. So now all I got to do is just do it. I just got to pee in my wetsuit one last time <laughs> and go. That's a, that's a triathlon. That's a big accomplishment, man. That's crazy. 18 years. I found it was my balance, right? So you can do a lot, process a lot, uh, and accomplish a lot work-wise and family-wise. But if you don't have that balance physically, and for me, I needed to push myself. So some years I did, you know, seven races, and other years I did one race. That's amazing. You know, yeah. it just depended, you know, how much time I had and what my friends were doing and, and what kind of trip I wanted to take. You definitely should watch The Secret, bro. I feel like you do it already, but you don't even understand. You know what I'm saying? And when you watch it, it'll definitely put things in perspective. But I tell all my friends, man, check it out, man. You can watch for free on Netflix, man. Check it out, bro. You're going to love it, Bob. I'm telling you. So spiritually, um, have you guys, just because you talk about Secret and talk about a book, there's a book that I read spiritually, just go off the subject a little bit, The Shack. You guys ever seen The Shack? Mm-mm. Uh, read it. It's a short book. It's a really cool book. I don't want to ruin the whole version of it, but it basically um, it, it's written by a guy who was really troubled in his life and, and wanted to write a book to get himself out of it. And he came up with this analogy using... Um, uh, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and really did a cool way of telling the story. And it really spiritually, it was the way I kind of look at, you know, life. And, and I believe that love and visualization, those two things together lead us to where we want to go in the shack. So, so it's a book, uh, if anybody can look it up, dope. it's a short book. Check it out. Yeah. The shack, but the, uh, just to put that out there, but spiritually, where do you and your family fall? Uh, my mom is diehard, uh, Christianity, um, I've always been a believer in God as well myself. Um, I try to keep things simple um, for me. Uh, I believe that in life you need to be a very good person. You need to be a righteous person. You need to treat people right. You need to do the right thing and the right thing will happen. And I believe that, I mean, life is about happiness, man, making people happy. And like, of course, I've, I've been a big church goer all my life. Um, but you know, sometimes you just you just gotta just kind of like make things a little bit simple. And in my own, in my own, how my brain works, and how my brain works, you can't tell me that a person that's, let's say, a diehard Buddhist lives a righteous life as a Buddhist their whole life, and they go to heaven and be, and they end up going to hell because they weren't a Christian. Or a person being a Christian, a diehard Christian their whole life, they go to, you know, and a righteous person, they go to heaven, and now they, they're not allowed to heaven because they don't practice Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's vice versa, or if it's Judaism, Catholic, uh, any religion, Islam. And 
there's so many good, amazing people in the world and that that's a part of so many different religions. I don't believe that, you know, I think religion is a lot more simple than people make it out to be. And I think it's more of a spirituality with yourself. I know there's a God, there's a creator, there's somebody that that's the master of all that's created. Because we, we came from something. We didn't just... It didn't just happen like that. We came from mm-hmm. something. So I definitely believe in God. I definitely believe in a God. In terms of an organized religion, um, I did believe in it. And it, I think this might be the first time I'm actually saying this on, on air, but I did believe in an organized religion. But I don't believe that people of other religions will have to suffer if they're not a part of that religion. I just don't think that's fair. Like, you know, I don't think that's a fair way of thinking. And I don't think that's, you know, a righteous God would do that to somebody, you know what I'm saying? Especially somebody that lived there. So I just try to keep things simple. I live a, live a righteous life, live, respect others. You know what I'm saying? Respect, even though I might think this way, I respect all religions. I respect anybody because, I mean, ultimately that's what keeps a lot of people and keeps their peace, you know what I'm saying? Being able to focus on that thing. You know what I'm saying? For other people, it's different things. So, um, yeah, that's I guess that's just my that's beliefs. Awesome. So. So Bob, I brought a photographer to, or Anna brought us a photographer. What an awesome episode, right? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh man. Uh, so so Bob, photography for you has equal travel, right? Oh, very much so. That, that's for you. It's been photography and travel. Yeah, right? that's that's where I'm. I'm thinking. All right, I'm going on a trip. I'll probably get prepared to thousands of pictures. Not you know how long, how, however long the trip is. So mm-hmm. that's that's where I'm like, all right, I'm going to increase my library through this through this vacation. That's right. And then you file the best ones, and you and you and you know where you, what you're going to do with them because you print out a lot of your stuff to have it around your house, right? I do. My most of my art in my house is my photography. Mm-hmm. So you do mostly landscape photography. Oh yeah, outdoor nice. landscape. Yeah, it's it's to me that's God's country. That's my heaven. Right. You know, I always say if if there was a heaven, I would hope to God it, it was Yellowstone. Who's your uh, favorite landscape photographer? Um, you know, I. I Ansel Adams was the beginning. He 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 pointed me the direction. I think believe Brian and I saw him when we went to uh, not him directly, but his studio when we went to Yosemite, and I appreciated what he did because there, even though it was black and white, it was so, there was clarity. And I tried to do black and white. There's no, I I could not do it. So I I had to pick up the colors, and I'm like I want the richness of the colors. I want the simplicity of the colors, but they have to really pop and, and, and show the world as it is. Right. And that's, that can be a challenge because if you're not set right, if with your camera, it's washed out, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's over this, it's over that. And, and a lot of that can be done nowadays through, um, manipulation on the computer, Photoshop, Photoshop. Yeah. But if you're doing it right from the beginning on your camera, how it's supposed to be yeah <laughs> yeah so that's 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 how i want to do it that's awesome do you do you follow peter lick's work at all i have not no oh that's like he's i don't know a lot of landscape photographers per se i don't follow a lot but peter lick is like one of those landscape photographers that he's amazing i follow oh, yeah? his work a lot and then there's actually a landscape photographer from rochester that's really cool 
Um, I see his I see his work all over the place. I haven't got a chance to meet him yet, but I I would love to meet him. I would love to go and assist him on one of his shoes. But his name is uh, Sheridan Vincent. I don't know if you know. If I've heard there. the name. Yeah. yeah, he like probably in the, in the bank. He does a lot of amazing city landscape shops. His work is amazing. I would love to go out and um, shadow him one day. He, he gives like I don't know if you ever heard of a Thomas Kincaid painting, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. like his work kind of gives that like effect to it. Like his photographs is really cool. Oh, cool. Now for me, photography has been a documentation of my life uh, as well as a little bit of trying to, you know, get that good picture on every trip. Right. But at the end of the day, I always wanted to do a line of watching the trip through my pictures. So I love taking candidates of people when they don't know I'm taking their pictures. I love the landscapes. I love taking odd, you know, showing odd moments on trips so I try to use my photography more as like a timeline of my life. That's that's the way I, I would describe my photography over the years. It's taken me a while to kind of understand that about myself, but it's definitely always telling the story of the trip versus just getting all the best shots. Um, and, and photography should be different for everybody. Everybody has a camera on their phone now, and this is kind of how I wanted to close it out. Everybody can take pictures. But Chris, give a couple tips to people using their iPhones that can make them a little bit better photographers to clo- close out. This is kind of our close out now. I would say understanding where the light comes from because that's where you're going to get the best photos from. A lot of people just say, okay, take my picture. And they hand the phone, but it's like the lighting is horrible. <laughs> so it makes you look like a horrible photographer. But um, understanding where the light is coming from, um, just kind of like... If you see though that that you know, say if the sun is behind you, maybe have the person turn around so the sun is actually hitting them, or if maybe have them turn turn it, have the sun behind them so the sun kind of like goes over the top of their head and gives like a like a halo effect. So just understanding the the light, the light. and where right. it's coming from. He's right. Yep. So you kind of always want to make sure a shadow is behind the person you're taking the picture of is a good quick reference if the lighting's right. I guess you could say that. Yeah, you know, that's for for basic people. Also, uh, there's something I always tell people. I see a lot of people, they take their picture with their phone and it's straight up. So it's it's vertical instead of horizontal. So anytime someone's taking pictures or videos for me, I always tell them to do it horizontal because it's easier to edit later. You have less room to edit, right? Is that something you would pass on or am I out of my mind to say that? But You know what? I think... Both ways help because now with the age of Instagram and stuff like that, sometimes you have to take the picture this way because then it fits in your story that way. So it's mm-hmm. just like I think you just want to be as versatile as possible. Like, yeah, <laughs> be fun with point. it. Don't. I think one thing with me as a photographer that's helped me is since I didn't go to school for it, I didn't. I, it wasn't like don't do that, don't do this, don't. I wasn't really pigeonholed into um, the technical aspect of now. I mean, I can do the technical aspect of it now, like I understand it now. But as I was creating and learning at first, I was just trying different things and just finding out different ways. So I didn't use that. So I would just say to any photographer, don't get pigeonholed. I mean, you definitely want to know the basics, but be creative. Try different things. You know, don't be scared. Don't say, okay, you can only do it this one way or just do it that way. Try different things because you might end up creating your own thing and that might end up becoming your style. You don't have to follow everybody else. Make your own style. That's really how money is made in photography, by creating your own style. People will choose you as a photographer because of the style that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why different that's why these big name photographers, they they get the jobs that they get because they've created a style and a brand for their photography. And that's as a young photographer, that's what you wanna figure out is what your style is gonna be. And or when I say style, it's like the look that you have to your photos. Mm-hmm. 
What a great episode, folks. The summer is winding down, but we definitely had a cool photography episode. I am very, very, very happy you came on board with us, Chris. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, you guys I will support you anyway. Can't wait for the movie. <laughs> Can't wait to come out for the red carpet. Tell everybody about it's gonna it. It's going to be fun, man. Uh, but can you, before we go, tell everybody how they can find you on your social media? Um, they can find me. My website is www.godkness.mizinmichaelezinexcellent. So that's goodnews.me. You can find me on Instagram at I underscore am underscore good news or good news photography. Or if you just Google the name good news, you should be able to find me. All right. Good news. Don't forget that K. And right. this kid <laughs> is definitely an old soul, and we seem to keep gravitating to oh, them. Oh, well, I have a photography show. I didn't even think about that. Oh, what do you got? I'll oh, show you on. guys. I'll show you when we get off. I'll show cool. You. All right. We got a lot to see from this kid. I cannot wait. Uh, have a good day, everybody. And we will speak to you in, I don't know if it's one or two weeks after this episode, but we will talk to you soon, everybody. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.